Hello and welcome to the Profit Podcast. I am your host, Matt Robinson. Today I'm doing a solo show, which has been a, a long time since I did one of these, so it seems strange, just me and the mic and you talking today. Um, but I wanted to get something recorded that was quite timely based on the scenario we're in at the moment with gyms still being shut and still looking like they're going to be shut for the foreseeable. And I wanted to tackle the topic of running sessions via Zoom I've been doing this for quite a long time now. I actually switched the majority of my clients' base over to Zoom back during the first lockdown. So it's been several months now that I've been doing this and I've actually signed up new clients onto the Zoom platform and things like that. I've been tweaking my setup as I've been doing this and trying to make sure that if it's the way I'm going to deliver my service, I'm doing it in the best way possible. So today I wanted to bring with you some of my best tips and tricks for getting the most out of Zoom for yourself and for your clients. And I'm going to split these things down into like four key areas because there's lots of like individual tips, but they probably really come into four key areas. Okay. And they're what we're, they're what we're going to tap into today. So without further ado, we'll jump in to area number one and we'll get started on some of those initial tips and tricks right away. So area number one is all about the environment in which you are delivering a Zoom session and how to get the most out of that, again, for yourself and for your client. And this will link nicely into area number two, which is more about some of the technical setup and things you can do in that side of things. Okay, so for area number one, the environment, we need to make sure that you actually have a dedicated environment for doing your Zoom sessions. You need a clear bit of space if possible. You need a bit of room around you um, and Where possible, I actually believe that you should have this set up so that you can stand up and deliver a Zoom session. I've heard lots of PTs complaining about how they get bored, how they switch off, how they just don't have the energy for delivering Zoom sessions. And that makes a lot of sense when you look at how a lot of people are delivering these sessions. They're sat at a desk, which is what a PT is not used to. And it's also very, very difficult to muster any energy when you're sat in that position for hour after hour after hour, okay? So we want to make sure you've got a clear bit of space. We want to make sure you've got room to stand up, which will also give you the opportunity to join in at certain points if needed, you know, for demonstration purposes, or even just to do little things like I join in every client's warm up just to give me a little bit of a recharge and a little bit of movement at the start of every hour. And setting that environment up will give you the best chance of success in actually engaging in the session better and feeling like you're actually taking this seriously. Because I know that a lot of people are still treating this as just a short term stopgap, which hopefully it will be. But when that stopgap is going to last several weeks or even months, we need to make sure that we're treating this seriously so that your clients continue to take it seriously and understand that you as a business owner are still serious about the service you deliver to them, okay? So having that environment set up so that you've got the clear space, you've got the standing space, and also that you're minimizing distractions can also be a big, big part of that, whether that be away from noisy spaces within your home or outside or whatever, or even just minimizing distractions like turning off your phone, putting it in airplane mode if you're using it as a timer or something like that. Just making sure that as you enter each session, the environment is set for you to deliver a high quality service that your client can recognize as you making the effort 
to turn up, be present and actually put in the work required to generate a good session. If we turned up to the gym and it wasn't ready for the session we were about to deliver, we wouldn't be happy with that. Okay, so we've got to make sure that we're creating that positive environment. Even if we're doing these things from home, doing things remotely, we've got to make sure that it's all set up to make sure that we're getting the best out of every session. So that's the first area that I would try and tackle if I was someone that was trying to deliver Zoom sessions at the minute and was maybe struggling a little bit, is I would make sure the environment is right. And the biggest tip in that area is make sure that you set it up so that you can actually deliver this session in a standing position. It will make all the difference to the way you feel during your session. Moving on from that, something that will help you improve the look and feel of your environment, both for you as the person delivering the session and as the person on the other end consuming the session, is the way in which you approach lighting, video and audio. Okay, I know this isn't the type of thing that PTs want to spend time geeking out on, but again, if we are going to use this service, we should be treating this with the level of respect and detail it deserves if we want to use it to the best of our ability and make sure that our clients are getting the most of it. So let's have a a look into each of those things separately and and make sure that we're, we're aware of these things. So first of all, lighting. Lighting is very, very important when you're on video. Most laptops and things don't necessarily have the best cameras in them, which is why in a moment I'm going to talk to you about cameras. But let's say you're working with a standard laptop or an iPad or something like that. Making sure that the lighting is right is going to be imperative to making sure that your client can see you clearly and see what you're demonstrating. So we want to avoid obvious things like having the light shining directly into the camera, you know, from a nearby window or a big overhead light or something like that. I found that having a ring light that you can buy off Amazon, like you would see an Instagram influencer using or something like that, if you position that behind the camera, that works really, really well. And then you can use some softer lighting around the room to try and reduce the amount of shadows and that that show up on you personally so that you look really clear and you stand out on camera. Okay, so that's the first thing that that works really, really well is just getting a simple ring light, setting it up behind the camera and making sure that that light source is coming from behind the camera. It also works really well if you position your device on a windowsill and you've got the sunlight coming in from behind it. But again, at this time of year, daylight hours are limited. So that wouldn't work very well for your evening session. So I do recommend investing a small amount of money in getting something like a simple ring light. And most of these, you can actually control the brightness on. You can even change the tone of the light so that it's more of a white light or an orange light or a softer light. So again, you can play around with the best setting for your room. I would also try and make sure that you've got other lights in the room, not just the one, again, to reduce the effect of the shadowing on you when you're on camera because again it can be quite dramatic if you've got one bright light and then no other lights in the room so I have a window that I've got blinds on so I can adjust the light I've got my ring light behind the camera and then I have a lamp in the opposite corner of the room as well that the client can't see and I also have an overhead light so that I can play around with these four different light sources to get the best picture on screen. And I know that that sounds like a lot of messing around, but once you've got it set up, you just leave it set up and you crack on with your sessions and you look spot on on camera. You look like you've made an effort to make the environment look really good. 
And then because you can see yourself that you look good on camera, it makes you perform better. I think it's a, a big mindset thing is this sort of stuff as well. If you've taken the time to approach this the right way, you will then deliver a better service. Now, I mentioned then about video and about the quality of the uh, of the camera that's in devices. And I think there's a there's a couple of things that you potentially have to consider here. So if you're using a laptop, which I generally do find is the best way to do a Zoom session because you can easily adjust the screen angle to adjust for you being on the floor if you're demonstrating on the ground or stood up or kneeling or something like that. It gives you a very easy way of keeping the laptop in one place, but then adjusting what your client sees. A laptop will generally have a worse camera in it than something like a phone or a tablet. A lot of your phones and your tablets these days have got very, very high quality cameras in them because they're built to use the camera function a lot more frequently than you would say in a laptop. The problem you've got with a phone or another device like a, an iPad or something is that it might be a little bit more difficult to position. You have to physically move the device around to change the angle easily or you have to get it on a pretty good tripod that you can then move around, okay? So there's a, there's a couple of workarounds here. You could, like I say, you could work with a device that's got a better camera and then put it on something that's e easier to maneuver like a tripod or in the laptop scenario, you can invest in a fairly cheap webcam uh, which is what I've done. Mine was about 25 quid, but it films in 1080p high definition, blah, 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 all that stuff. And then you can use that as part of your setup. So what I now have on my laptop is I have my laptop angled so that if you're using the main camera on the laptop, the sort of standard built-in camera, you can see a wide angle of me in my room and see my whole body position for if I'm demonstrating in a standing position. And then I have my webcam more focused on just my head and my shoulders for when I'm talking to the client and it's a much clearer image. So what I will generally do is switch within the zoom window between the two camera angles. And when I'm demonstrating something and I'm further away, I'll make use of that wider angle that you get from the built-in camera on your laptop. And then I'll use the higher quality camera for when the the client is actually performing their exercise and in between the sets so that I can speak to them and I'm more clear on camera. These webcams as well generally have in them a built-in audio, like a, a microphone or something like that, an audio source, which again can quite often be better than the mic that's built into your laptop. So again, it can just improve not just the picture quality, but also the sound quality of what your client is hearing on the other end. So I think those are a couple of really, really important things to focus on there is making sure that you've got that lighting right um, and that you've got that that audio side of things set up as well, making sure that you, you're putting in a little bit of time and maybe some energy and resources into that to making those things look and feel a little bit better than they otherwise would if this is something that we're not taking that seriously. Section three of my tips and advice for doing your best work via Zoom are all about how you physically turn up yourself, okay? I know we're working from home. I know we're not in the environment we would choose to be in, but I still think it's very, very important to turn up for that in the same way you would turn up for your normal working day. So by that, I mean turning up physically in the types of clothes and stuff that you would wear if you were in the gym, making sure that you still look presentable, and just making sure that you're in the right mindset for delivering the best service possible. I know how easy it is with being based at home to just switch off and get a little bit lazy with how you approach these things. 
And again, I don't think that helps you then with your own energy. As I said earlier, if you're sat down at a desk delivering these sessions, that's not going to do your energy any good. But then on top of that, if you sat there in like an oversized hoodie and scruffy jogging bottoms and slipper socks and you've got a beanie hat on, you know, and you've got a cup of coffee next to you and you just look like you're there to pass the time, it's just not good enough when someone's paying for your services, especially if they're still paying what it would normally cost them to work with you in the gym. So I'm saying make sure that you still turn up with that same level of integrity that you would do if you were in the gym. Wear your kit, wear your uniform, wear your trainers if you need to wear them, dress nicely, do your hair the same way you would do it if you were meeting that person in person. Make sure that you look like you've put some effort into turning up to that session. Make sure that you're not just sat there drinking a brew or something like that. Make sure that you've not just got a scruffy hat on to hide the fact you've not done your hair today. I know that working from home can be difficult. I know that mustering up that energy and that desire to want to do things can be a little bit more difficult. But if you put that energy and that effort in up front, the rest of the energy in that will come back in waves in the way that your client approaches the session. So just make sure that you're actually physically turning up to these times in the same way that you would if you were meeting that person face to face in the gym. That's my third point that I would like to make on this. And again, it's only a short one but I think it's a very important one in terms of your mindset. If you want to approach these sessions properly, you need to make sure that you physically look the part so that you then feel the part and ready to give your absolute best in these sessions. The final little section I wanted to discuss was how you approach the whole concept of training your clients from home. And I know that a lot of us are now well more versed in this. You know, we're much better at, structuring these sessions we understand the types of things people can do and can't do but i think it's just worth reminding people of a few things okay so the first thing that i think all trainers need to be aware of and need to make sure is right in their own head and their own mindset is that you are not going to be able to completely replicate what you do with a client outside the gym regarding what you would normally do with them in the gym okay and we just need to accept that up front it doesn't mean that you have to completely step away from what you believe from a training perspective a movement perspective a coaching perspective all those things can remain the same the principles can remain as they were and as you would normally coach someone how you go about doing those things will have to change and will have to alter and you will have to adapt to those things and that's absolutely fine few things i would pick up on here are Number one, if you haven't done so already, and hopefully you already have, I would invest in a small amount of kit on behalf of your clients just to give them the bare minimum of what they need to be able to do the type of session you want to do with them. I know that clients are quite often willing and able to go and buy their own kit and stuff like that, and that's absolutely fine if they want to do that. Many of them will have. But if the specific things that you want to do with your client based on your principles, then I believe it's up to you to provide that stuff. So for me personally, I have sent out, you know, resistance bands, the odd kettlebell, a foam roller. You know, I've not spent huge amounts of money, but I've made sure that people have got the basics of what they require. Because normally we would provide them with those basics by the environment that we're working in. And at the moment, we can't do that. And I don't ever want to have to use a lack of kit as an excuse to not be able to work on the stuff I feel that we should be working on. Yes, we might not have the full extent of the kit we would normally have, 
but there's definitely enough kit available at an affordable price where you can give your client a nice starting point. So I've got these big loop resistance bands that I use. Like I say, I've got some light kettlebell stuff, some foam rollers and things like that the clients have got. And that gives us enough to get working. And I think that falls in line nicely with what I'm about to say next, which is although we're now working with our clients outside the gym and that might, might limit what we can do with certain things, what it does actually is it opens the door for us to spend a little bit more time on some of the stuff we don't normally get to do with our clients inside the gym. Let's face it, we all approach training our clients from a place of you know wanting to give them all the corrective work they should be doing, all maybe the rehab, prehab type stuff and the type of session they would normally do and the cool down that they should be doing. And it's a lot of stuff to try and fit in. So while we're now doing these things from home, in a way that's maybe a little bit different from what we can normally do in the gym. Why not maybe prioritize some more of the mobility work that we would like to do with this client or the rehab or prehab type stuff that we would normally do? Why not work on some extra stability factors with these people or actually teach them what core exercises are, what core movements actually are and what core strength looks like? Why don't we work on some of these things that would easily get brushed aside in the gym because in the gym we want to focus on a heavy squat or a heavy deadlift or something else that can easily take our attention away from some of the smaller yet just as important things that we should be doing with our clients. If we do that well now, what we could then actually end up doing is empowering our clients to be confident enough to do those things on their own in a much better and more efficient way so that when we go back to the gym, we're actually getting more out of our gym workouts because of the work we've done now. And your client is getting more from their service because they now know what to do in and around their sessions, especially if they can't get to the gym. They've always got something else that they can be doing. So it adds another layer to what it is that you can do for a client. And it actually gives you something really meaningful to focus on right now. If you're the type of trainer that would normally be coaching people th- through things like heavy deadlifts, heavy squats, big presses, big rowing movements, stuff like that, and you can't do those things at the moment, it feels like there's not a lot of purpose for the type of coaching and training you would normally do for people. And that's understandable. So why not instead switch your focus slightly to some of the other assistance work you might do and get your clients better in those areas so that when we go back to the gym, we're ready more than ever to start tackling those bigger lifts, you know, bigger, better, stronger than before. And that would then, as I've said, give your clients more things to work on outside of your sessions or around your sessions as well. It gives them a bigger database of warm-ups that they can do and mobility exercises and drills that they can focus on. So again, I think that's something important to focus on as we're doing more and more of these sessions via Zoom and looking like we're going to be doing this for quite some time yet. So there we have it, a short, sharp episode today focusing on four key areas that you can make sure you're doing to get the most out of delivering your services via Zoom. I know some of it is very self-explanatory. I know most of it is extremely simple, but I do believe that to some degree, many of us are still falling down in some of these areas despite doing this for a long time now. If we are genuinely going to have to keep delivering our services via remote systems like this, then we need to make sure that we're stepping up our game and that our clients can always see that we're improving and taking this as seriously as possible so that they stay engaged with what we're doing 
and that they can see that there is a purpose to this rather than it just being a stopgap. This won't work well enough as a stopgap for many people if that's the only purpose. If the only purpose is to just keep going long enough to be able to return to the gym, I believe it's the wrong mindset. We should be using this time now to actually improve someone's experience, even if we're having to deliver it in a way we wouldn't normally do. So a quick recap for you of those four areas. Area number one was about the environment and making sure that you've got a dedicated space to run these sessions, ideally in a standing position so that you yourself aren't feeling low on energy and that you can actually join in with certain parts if need be or be in a better position to do your demonstrating. Number two was around the more technical aspects of your setup in regards to lighting and video and then potentially the audio quality as well and maybe investing in a couple of bits of kit just to level up the appearance of yourself on camera so that it looks like you're treating this a lot more seriously and putting in a bit more time and dedication to improving the way you look on screen so that your client is then getting a better picture on their side of things and a better audio quality. Number three was about how you show up to the session and making sure that you're still taking it as seriously as you normally would if you were turning up to a session in the gym. You've got to look the part and then you'll feel the part and then you'll approach it with the right energy and the right mindset and your client will get that vibe from you even though they might be several miles away talking to you through a computer screen. And then finally, number four was about how we use this time to potentially work on other areas of our service and other areas of what our client needs as part of their overall health package to keep them focused and making sure that there is a reason and a purpose to keep working with you whilst the gyms are closed. Just using this as a stopgap isn't enough of a reason to keep people going. We need to make sure people have got a purpose and other things that they can focus on whether that be rehab stuff, prehab stuff, mobility, stability, or even sitting down and using some of this time to do some nutrition coaching with a person. Let's make sure that we're doing these sessions for a reason and not just ticking over steadily until the gyms reopen. Let's make sure we've got plenty of purpose and plenty of reason for doing all of this. That's all for today's episode. The next time I'll be back with you, we will be both myself and Paul again. Um, I just wanted to make sure that we got this recorded and out to you all while we're still in this position where we're potentially relying on Zoom a lot. And I wanted to make sure that the audience got as much help as they can from us, especially from myself with me now delivering, you know, several hundred hours worth of a, a Zoom PT sessions. It's stacking up quite quickly the amount of hours that are spending on this platform now. want to make sure that passing on everything that I've learned to you in the best way possible. If you do have any questions in regards to any of the technical setup or any of the sort of more nuanced things that I've taught today regarding lighting, sound, video, things like that, then please feel free to reach out. You can find me on Instagram at Matt Robinson PT. You will also find all the relevant links there for today's episode and the podcast in general. And finally, just before I go, if you have found today's episode particularly useful or any of the other episodes and you haven't yet left us a review, then please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to us, and just spend 30 seconds leaving us a little review. It just helps spread the message of the stuff that we're trying to share here with the world of fitness and making sure that everyone's got the support they need during these difficult times. Until next time, take care. Keep focusing on levelling up your service despite what's going on right now and make sure that you've got that mindset of looking forwards and looking ahead, making sure that when you go back to the gym, you're in the best position possible and you're actually returning 
with a stronger set of skills and a stronger client base than when you left the gym. Have a good one. We'll catch you again soon. Cheers. The problem.